Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Calling Town City, turn on your radio. I know we had some words last time, but that was so long ago. I got your message. It was a little harsh, you know. It's still a little hard for me to hear. Please take it slow. Welcome to Starship Sofa, part of the District of Wonders Network, featuring tales to terrify and far-fetched fables. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. I'm tuning in to your transmissions. I'm waiting to be found. I'm building rockets. This is the Starship Sova, everybody. Welcome. Hello and welcome to show 606. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is fine and dandy. We have an original for Starship Sova today. Yes, listen to this title. The White Bear Problem. Everything you need to know about raising a telepath in the modern age. Oh, bring it on. You know when you're kind of, you're flicking through a bookshop and you see things that catch your eyes. Might be like a a title like that or the cover. Something just grabs you and that's all you need to kind of, you know, reach for it or pick it off Kindle. There you go. Before we've even had it, Gareth there is in the lead with that story. So yes, that's coming to today's show. I do hope you will stick around and enjoy it. Just before, big thank you to the folks that came over and signed up to Patreon. Yes, we're in a bit of a kind of need of a little injection, a boost. So a huge thank you to to you folks as well. You know who you are. So we'll get on with this day, sure. And it gives us an excuse to kind of read this title one more time. The White Bear Problem. Everything you need to know about raising a telepath in the modern age by Garrett Corker. Story, like I say, a story is original, a starship sofa. Garrett lives and writes in the San Francisco Bay Area. His fiction has appeared all over the place, Pseudopod, No Sleep Podcast, and a host of various anthologies. You can find them on The Curious Fictions or follow them on Twitter. And there's a little link there to Garrett's Twitter handle. This story is narrated by Eric Luke. Eric Luke is the screenwriter of the Jordania film Explorers, which is currently in development as a remake. The comic books, books, shall I say, Ghost and Wonder Woman, and wrote and directed not quite human films for Disney TV. His current project, Interface, a meta horror audiobook with an audiobook that kills, is available on iTunes and Quillhammer. And it's free as well. So, the Starship Sova is very proud to present The White Bear Problem. Everything You Need to Know About Raising a Telepath in the Modern Age by Garrett Croker What'd you think? I asked Skaya, as the doors hissed shut behind our latest applicant. Skaya sat silently beside me, slab in hand. I valiantly fought off another yawn, but this was more and more a losing battle. It had been a long few days, and the interviews... The interviews were not going very well. We'd been rocketing blissfully away from this pearl-harvesting hellhole of a planet when the engines exploded. Only Skaya and I, 
and an increasingly proper fragment of the onboard AI that assured us we would be flight-worthy again with a few key repairs, please, survived. Skya wouldn't say how they made it out alive. I had sealed the med bay off from the rest of the ship and cowered in a stasis chamber. It's not how I always pictured my promotion to captain going. Skya was my new second-in-command, and the two of us had several thousand units of local contraband burning a figurative hole in our hull, right next to all the gaping literal ones. Every day that we spent getting recrewed and repaired was money lost on the sale. What do you mean, hellhole? Skya transmitted telepathically, peering out a porthole. This was, at the moment, an actual hole in our port side. The clouds hung low in the planet's silver sky, shining off the surface of a vast, brackish ocean. It is lovely here. I didn't say that out loud. Skya! We had an agreement! With the sympathetic connection active, I could almost feel myself enjoying the miserable view. And I could definitely feel myself ignoring the sleep-deprived human male in the room, screaming something about agreements. No, I was the only sleep-deprived human male in the room. Skya, we had an agreement. I apologize, sir. They jumped. I am trying to limit communication to the audible spectrum until you learn to master your thoughts. Have you considered learning faster? I grunted in response and found myself trying for some reason not to think of a polar bear. The species had been extinct on Earth for hundreds of years, so I had every reason not to think about one. And yet, I yawned again. I suppose neither of us expected to be in this position. You know, the irony is I don't even like pearls. They're disgusting. I tried not to think about what made pearls so disgusting. You have mentioned this many times, Skya said. I think I should know what I have and haven't mentioned, I said. It would not have been appropriate to talk about illicit pearl usage in the workplace. We'd all watched my predecessor's mandatory harassment training video, and it was oddly specific on that particular point. You may not have ever mentioned it out loud, Skya explained. Forget it, I ground a knuckle into my temple. We have work to do. What did you think of Dr. Chuckles? That has to be the worst alias we've seen yet. Alias? Skya asked. It does not even appear to be a pun. Have you ever heard that laughter is the best medicine? I asked. Sir, that is factually untrue whether I have heard it or not. In any case, she was the best medic we have seen by a wide margin. Her medical degree even passed the ship's authenticity screening. The AI is not in the best shape right now, I said. Command unclear, Captain, the AI droned, having heard the word AI. Please remove your shoes while indoors. Not now, ship, I said. Not now what, ship, Captain? I started on my other temple. Not now, please, ship, the AI quieted. You're right, though. A passable degree is more than our last doctor had. This earned me a sharp look from Skya that I definitely deserved. After all, our last doctor had been known to hide in stasis chambers during major medical crises. However, she was also the first to show up in a lab coat covered in blood. 
Judging by the colors, I'd say at least three species. Does this not demonstrate her active practice and diverse medical knowledge? Not necessarily, I said, trying not to think of all the ways this might not demonstrate those things. But I agree. She was better than anyone else we've seen. I dragged Dr. Chuckle's name to the top of the candidates list on my slab and politely asked the AI to pull up the information for the next interview, a mechanic. I couldn't help but think that an upgrade over the ship's previous mechanic might prevent embarrassing incidents, such as the engine exploding, in the future. Skya made a pained noise. You heard that? I winced. I'm sorry, but we both know perfectly well you were never a real mechanic. And you're second in command now. That's much more important. Skya smiled. And stop reading my thoughts. Then to the AI, I said, Ship, send them in. Nothing happened. Ship, send them in, please, I sighed. Sending in T-Ek, the AI droned. Tech? That was an even worse pun than Chuckles. I gave Skya a meaningful look. Do you wish to communicate audibly or not? Because this, Skya waved at my very meaningful face, is what is known as a mixed signal. The doors opened before I could defend myself. I rushed to appear captainly, though there was only so much that a few fingers through my hair and tugs to straighten my shirt could do at this point. The applicant, T, appeared to be a local. Limbs long and tightly muscled, skin rubbery and hairless, evolutionarily adapted for pearl diving. They carried a personal slab, which their free hand navigated with deliberate one-fingered stabs. Entering, they watched the doors attempt and fail to slide closed smoothly, and took in the interview room, which is to say the galley, with a broad turn of the head. You're welcome, the AI droned. I did not say, thank you, ship, I said. No, Captain, you did not, the AI replied. This was an auspicious start. You can see why we need a mechanic, I said, gesturing for them to sit. T's attention focused on me, and I could almost feel myself being unimpressed on their behalf. No, I could feel myself being unimpressed on their behalf. Shit. Skya took this in, perked up, and began to focus on T. I assumed they were holding a riveting conversation behind my metaphorical back, and for the life of me, I could not understand why I was suddenly thinking about two polar bears. I tried very hard not to think about pearls. Captain, Skya said, scooting a few inches away from me. I was just filling T in on the situation regarding inaudible conversation. They feel it would be easier to comply if I conducted the interview in order to minimize the chances of our attention being drawn to your thoughts. I thought that sounded like a fine idea. Captain, do you agree? Skya asked, picking this of all moments to stay out of my head. I think that sounds like a fine idea, I said. Skya turned to the candidate, whose long limbs were a poor fit for the small chair and who was looking resolutely anywhere other than my direction, which, given what I was definitely not thinking about in that moment, was probably for the best. They swiped upward across their slab, and I got a notification on mine for a file transfer request. I accepted, 
and extra copies of T's application expanded across my screen. Skaya proceeded. Your CV indicates that while you have served at spaceports around the planet for several years, you have no formal training. How did you learn engineering? T opened their mouth very wide for a long time before puckering and expanding their lips in the short intervals. When this was finished, they pulled their lips back in a grimace, as far as they would go. I'm sorry, I interrupted. You do know how to speak out loud. Of course I know how to speak, they scoffed. You don't stretch first? I wanted to respond to this, but I was too busy feeling an odd combination of not liking myself very much and also desperately wanting to impress myself to get this job so I could finally get off this pearl-harvesting hellhole of a planet. Oh. It seemed T and I had at least one thing in common, though my self-loathing amplified dramatically at this thought. Skaya, help, I said. The truth is this, T said, turning neatly back to Skaya and more or less returning my ever more fragile self-image to myself. Their eyes surveyed the room in another broad arc, and they stabbed again at their slab. I waited for a corresponding notification on mine to signal another file transfer, but none came. I never needed to learn. I have what you might call an innate connection with machines. To say that this was disappointing would be an understatement. Skaya and I had both used similar lines in our own interviews back when we joined. What even the most sophisticated medical computer can't tell you, I had said, is how a patient feels. In here. I had pointed to where his heart had probably been and squeezed out a tear. The old captain had been a sucker for lines like that. Not coincidentally, the old captain was dead now. I thought the next words at the same time as T spoke them, rolling my eyes. The machines speak to me. T's attention flicked to me, and my self-image destabilized. Who was I to disbelieve every single person who claimed to have an innate connection with anything just because of one bad experience, no matter how many people died? I was just as bad as all the others. Just another no-good, dirty... No, this wasn't right. Please, do not be too angry, Skaya said to T diplomatic but obviously annoyed with me at the same time. The captain is struggling with the ironic process stage. T appeared unimpressed. The ironic process stage is for toddlers. Indeed. Excuse me, I said. Sir, it is only a fact that telepaths experience the ironic process stage as young children, not unlike the mirror stage for non-telepaths. It is not an insult. Certainly feels like an insult, I said. That's because it is an insult, T said. Thank you, I said. You're welcome, T replied. I opened my mouth to object, but my head was spinning with the effort of holding my own against two telepaths who not only could snarl me in some kind of a sympathetic feedback loop, but couldn't seem not to. T and Skaya stared at each other through the ensuing silence, expressions changing slightly every few moments. T continued to poke at their slab, which was periodically accompanied by a reassuring ping on Skaya's. It was clear they were holding a conversation that failed to include me. I tried to be insulted. 
but had to admit this was the better option at this point. I fought my way through another yawn. I snapped my head up, drawing the abrupt attention of both telepaths. I had actually fallen asleep, hadn't I? Only for a second, I'm sure. Please, try to understand. I did tell you they were struggling with the ironic process stage. Yes, but this? Remember, they are also struggling with, well... Of course. Ah, I have been an ass, haven't I? You could not have known. No, but... Why do you suppose they are looking at us like that? I do not know. The face they are making is entirely unfamiliar to me. I hate to ask this, but... Skya, do you think they can hear us? Oh, shit. Thank you, Skya said as quickly as they turned their gaze away from me, breaking whatever new connection they had made with my mind. That will be all. It was a pleasure, and you should hear from us shortly. They stood to shake T's hand. T held my gaze a long, confusing second longer, then turned and took Skya's hand. Wait, I said. That will be all? Sir, it seemed prudent for me to complete the interview process non-verbally, Skya explained. It was fair to neither you nor T to expect an audible interview to go well, when you are clearly tuckered out after a long day. I wanted to be offended about being treated like a toddler again, but honestly I did not have the energy. Speaking of fair, I would like to apologize, T said. I realize I have not been. Skya explained the stress you have experienced from the loss of the crew. I try not to think about it, I conceded. The screams, the bodies, the real, concrete lack of any medical training, the unexpected problems that not having any medical training pose in an actual crisis. The polar bears. No, that wasn't right. I pinched the bridge of my nose and tried to focus. That does bring up one final unfortunate question I wish to ask before leaving, T said. What is the first aid situation going to look like on your ship moving forward? T's eyes flicked to me, but settled again on Skya. They were making a real effort now on my behalf, and I found myself warming to them. Or was that me feeling them warming to me? For the first time since I realized the distinction could be meaningful, it hardly seemed to be. In the interest of full transparency, Skya responded, we are in the process of hiring a new medic. We have seen several promising candidates, including one just before you whose lab coat was simply saturated with blood. Well, that is most promising, T said. They must maintain a very active practice. Indeed, Skya seemed pleased. I chose not to object. Something else was bothering me. I have a question of my own before... I stopped, sure they knew what I was going to ask, and feeling like a child for needing to ask in the first place, but they waited for me to speak. What's the ironic process stage? I mumbled. In telepathic children, Skya said patiently, it is the stage at which the child becomes aware of their thoughts as projections of themselves and begins the process of controlling that projection. Aware that they should not be thinking of certain things, they cannot at first help but think of them. As a common training technique, a parent will tempt the child's thoughts with something of great value, 
for example, by instructing them not to think about cake. I tried not to think about cake, and by sheer force of will I did manage not to fixate on a bakery I knew down system that served the moistest lemon sponge cake I'd ever had in my life. It was sweet and tart, and just barely resisted the teeth before an enzyme unique to the lemons transplanted in that planet's soil reacted with saliva and dissolved the whole bite into syrup in the mouth. In any case, I managed not to think about chocolate cake. Damn it. In the case of an adult, T said, cake is not often a strong enough motivator to reliably trigger the ironic process impulse. No, I said, regretting the next words before they were even out. What is? T considered this. Try not to think about the best sex you've ever had. At that moment, I succeeded in failing to think about cake. Skya took a small step away from me. I'm impressed, T said. I've lived my whole life around pearls and never realized they could be used so creatively. I will have to try that. No, you will not, I yelped. And if we hire you, I have several videos on appropriate workplace conversation that I'm going to need you to watch. T nodded and thanked us before things could get any worse. They paused in the doorway, slapped a finger down on their slab in a way that suggested finality, nodded, and left. The doors slid smoothly shut behind them, and Skaya and I were left to ourselves. I paced the room. Perhaps I could stop thinking about one thing by deliberately thinking of other things. I tried to think about cake again, but my appetite was gone. I considered the circumstances of our crash, but... No. I did not want to think about that. I imagined polar bears, so many years extinct, but from the videos I knew their coats were the color of pearls. It is not the least hygienic, Skaya observed. Yes, well, I started looking for a way out, but there was no putting the pearl back in the oyster, so to speak. Medically speaking, it's perfectly safe. Sir, I am sure you will excuse me, if I do not defer to your medical expertise. Fair enough, I sighed. So, what do you think of tea? I think they are the best mechanic we've seen by quite a wide margin. I failed to hide my surprise. No matter how I felt about tea, and my feelings about tea were extremely confused, they had still fed us the cheapest line in the book. As they explained it to me, Skaya said, the machines literally speak to them. As a demonstration, they said a screw in your chair was telling them it is not tight enough. They understood why the ship had crashed before I tried to explain, and said if I had diverted power from life support and bypassed the burn limiters, we would have reached escape velocity before the strain led to the explosion. Is any of that true? How should I know? I am not a real mechanic. Laughing, I collapsed into my chair, which itself promptly collapsed. Skaya and I stared at each other, for once speechless and thoughtless. I picked myself up slowly from the floor and made a few quick entries on my slab. I can't do this anymore today, I said. Please interview the pilot who's waiting outside. I've rescheduled the rest of tonight's appointments. If the pilot doesn't seem likely to fly us into a star, contract them. If their alias actually involves decent wordplay, all the better. I am sick of this miserable rock. 
Skaya looked out the port-side hole, and somehow, I knew they were thinking that the planet was really very lovely. And it was lovely, if I were being honest with myself. No. Wait. In my cabin, I considered the problem of hiring tea. Captaining a ship with two telepaths was going to kill me, if I didn't get ahead of the problem. Ship, draft a hiring notice for a counselor to join the crew. No telepaths. Very well, Captain. Please, draft a... I began, exhausted and exasperated, and caught my breath. It came out again very slowly, realization dawning. I did not say, please, the first time, ship. No, Captain, you did not. Several things became clear very quickly. The AI was fixed. Assuming neither I nor Skya had fixed the AI, which was a safe assumption given our combined expertise, there was only one person who could have done it. More impressively, whatever that person had done to fix the AI had been done over the Wi-Fi. No, only crew knew the Wi-Fi password. They had done this using data. Ship, if I hire T, how long until we're flight-worthy? Given the mechanic's unusual abilities, Captain, I believe our departure may exceed previous optimistic projections. The engine may be salvageable within the week, and force fields can be rigged shortly thereafter to maintain artificial structural integrity during flight while physical repairs commence over the coming months. Fuel and environmental resources will need to be strictly rationed for a time, and it will be extremely unsafe. I tried not to think about exactly how unsafe it would be to hurtle ourselves through the system at near light speeds with what was left of the hull being held together by what, as far as I understood it was, scientifically speaking, magical quantum energy. I think I succeeded a little bit, even. Do it. I said, and ship, please pull any available literature on assisting telepathic children through the ironic process stage up on my slab. Very well, Captain. I pulled off my shoes, arranging them neatly at the foot of the bed. Captain, the AI said. Yes, ship, I said, sinking into the thin mattress. Thank you. I tapped open the first book on the list and fell asleep before I could read a word. And there you go. Huge thank you, Carrot Mark. Carrot, that was just awesome. Yes, thank you so much. Brilliant. And Luke, it's lovely to have you back on there, sir. Amazing. Thank you, indeedy. So that is 606, put to bed, tucked up, and got you on your way there. Just kind of kicked you off for a, a nice day to just enjoy so i hope you have until next time just like to say a good night from me this presentation has been brought to you by the district of wonders network dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction you can learn more about the district of wonders and their many literary productions at their website www.districtofwonders.com thank you for listening Can you reach me? Is my 
time I get my say, I might already be on to you and on my way. But you're so far from here, and at best I'm moving slow. So I'm waiting on your call at home with nowhere to go. Can you reach me? Is my signal getting through? Turn on your radio. I wanna talk to you. Get out there. 